from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. All right, welcome back. Hour number two, Miller and Condon. MLB playoffs about to get underway. ESPN uh, for that one. Cubs at 1 o'clock, White Sox as well on the docket today as they have a chance to punch their ticket to the division series. Let's head to Chicago. He's David Kaplan. i got to imagine his feet are a little bit swollen after his day yesterday. Of course, he's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cap, I tried to explain to Trent exactly what you were doing yesterday but thought we'd turn right to the horse's mouth. As always, good to speak with you. What were you doing yesterday, Capper? Losing my mind. Um... (laughs) Great to be with you guys. So I had come up with this idea for a unity walk, for lack of a better term, because I said, look, I'm a Cubs fan. I've never hidden that fact. And, you know, any broadcast job, interview, conversation with anybody, I'm a Cubs fan. But the other team in town's really good and really fun to watch. And it says the last time I looked, Chicago White Sox on their jerseys. So why can't I root for them, too? When they play the Cubs, I hope the Cubs crush them. But other than that, why can't I root for them? You're like, you got to pick one, you got to pick the other. That's it. You can't root for both. And I said, we're in a time in our land that we're divided on so many levels. Guess what? I am going to walk home from work 29 miles, and I'm going to do it for charity, and I'm going to wear a half Cubs, half White Sox jersey. And so this guy at Obvious Shirts, ObviousShirts.com, this guy Joe, that I'll make you a cool commemorative T-shirt we can sell, and I'll make you a half Cubs, half Sox jersey. So I got a really cool jersey. I wore it, and I partnered with a company called Bernie's Book Bank. They provide books and high-quality learning materials to underprivileged boys and girls in the lower grades, who many of whom don't have Wi-Fi. Like, we take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have Wi-Fi, one in three in Chicago in the inner city, don't have Wi-Fi. I'm talking about homes. So if you're e-learning and you don't have Wi-Fi, you're getting left behind. And so this company has distributed over 18 million books in 10 years, 890,000 since the pandemic started, and they are finding their funding sources are drying up because of, you know, people losing their jobs. So we raised over 80 grand yesterday. Good for you. And it was a tough walk. But we got it done. What time did you get home? I <laughs> uh, left after the radio show, so we were on the trail walking at ten forty-five, and we got to the finish line seven forty last night. What a day! And uh, tip the ball cap to you. That's great, Cap, and it sounds like a great organization that you're helping out with. Let's get into the baseball before football and uh, start with yesterday. The White Sox get it done in Game One. They look to get the two game sweep and move on to the ALDS with a victory today. Team swung the bat well, got out to that early lead, and Giolito, that performance there. To think of where this guy was and what he has become over the last two seasons, frankly. You don't see this happen very often in baseball. No, I talked about that this morning on our morning show on uh, ESPN 1000 that two years ago he finished the season the worst starting pitcher in the game. The worst. Mm. And he rededicated himself 
He went back to his roots. High school coach, father, changed his mechanics, mentality, and approach. And now he's a beast, and he was awesome yesterday. And, Cap, I really like the way that uh, both sides of the bracket work out for both the Cubs and the White Sox. Being on the bottom of that bracket, White Sox would avoid either Tampa Bay or the Yankees. It seems like the Yankees are, are the Yankees again. And and likewise, uh, the the, uh, the Cubs wouldn't see the Dodgers or, if you believe in the Padres, until you get to the championship series. The playoff bracket worked out well for both Chicago teams. It did. Now, the White Sox would be like the four seed if they won one more game. Okay. But they didn't. Oakland, you know, runs out a lefty starter yesterday. As Tim Anderson said, I guess they didn't do their homework. Right. Because the Oakland A's running out Jesus Lazardo, a lefty, guess what? That means the White Sox going into that game were 14 and 0 against left handed starters. 14 and 0. Make it 15 and 0 because they just chew them up. Now, Chris Bassett today, it's a bigger challenge. Over to the National League, we'll get to the Cubs in a moment. I mentioned to, Cub, uh, to Ken yesterday, I believe of the four teams that made the playoffs from the NL Central, the Reds are the only team that can get to the World Series. Am I crazy in that line of thinking? Say that again. The Reds are the only team out of the four from the NL Central that can ultimately get to the World Series. I don't think the Cubs have enough. Certainly don't think the Brewers, A, are going to get past the Dodgers, and even if they do, have enough in the starting rotation to win two more series. And the same thing for the Cardinals. I, I just don't think they have the depth to get there. I think the Reds are the team best equipped to make a run. Yeah, I completely disagree with you. The Cubs are a better team than the Reds. They're the division champ. They've got guys who have won World Series. The Reds haven't been over five hundred till this year with a flurry at the end to get there. Mm-hmm. It's 2012. So... What guys in that lineup scream to you World Series team? I don't see it. Now, Trevor Bauer, really, really good. Sonny Gray, really, really good. Castillo. And maybe they do advance a round. But World Series, yeah, I would take that bet against you. Yeah, Suarez didn't have a good season until late. He got things going. I'm with Trent on this one, Cap. I think the Reds, that that, that trio at the top, especially with Bauer, well, we, we, we'll see if indeed the Reds are able to get past the Braves and the Cubs get by the Marlins. We'll see that uh, in the next series. Were you surprised, Cap, that, that, that David Ross went Hendricks today, Darvish tomorrow, instead of starting you, Darvish? I was not. Gave you another day of rest, and I was not surprised at all. I looked at Darvish pitched last on Friday, so you get Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I'll be pitched on a normal five-day and I would like giving him the extra day of rest, A. B, Kyle Hendricks at home is a beast. So I think the Cubs win today. They get uh, Alcantara on the other side, a hard-throwing righty for Miami. A couple of hard throwers here. What concerns you most when you've uh, taken a look at the Marlins? So they have a really good young starting step. Like that rotation, really good. Now the bullpen, all guys in their 30s. My friend Brandon Kinsler, very good out of the bullpen for them this year. But is he a lockdown closer? 35? Not sure I would say that. I think their lineup is good, not great. Now, again, starting pitching should keep them in the game. But guys like Sandy Alcantara have never been on this stage. 
the Cubs have. Mm-hmm. Cap, if it gets to a game three, uh, and I'm not sure that it will. I, I like the Cubs to get the to get things in a, done in relative. Well, in, in two games, I like both of their stars. But if I'm wrong, and we do get to a game three, it will be John Lester, despite the fact that he has yeah he's had a couple of good starts, but doesn't look like the same guy. Now the playoff pedigree, you can't argue against that. Um, John Lester, you, you have to give him the ball, right, in game number three, even though maybe you don't feel as confident clearly as you would have in previous years with the big lefty? Yeah, I mean, what are your other options? You don't have any, you know, right? Hard pass. Um, I mean, am I handing it to Adbert Alzali? Well, I think he's a good prospect. No. Yeah, there's no other option for me. Chatwood's hurt. Quintana? No. Yeah, I go John Lester. I'll live, ride or die with him. Let's get to the 3-0 and Chicago Bears. And in the NFL, you do not have to apologize for any victory, even if you pulled too late against Detroit and against Atlanta last week. Two road victories. They get the Colts this week. How is the city of Chicago embracing this 3-0 and team and now with a new quarterback? Uh, I think the people are excited you know, because of what Nick Foles was able to do on Sunday. You know, there are others that are saying, not me, but there are others that are saying, wait a minute, Mitch brought you back on game one from a big deficit, 23-6. to six. He won you game two with a really good first half. Why pull him now? I don't know what your guys' take is. I just thought it was the right time. Yeah, I'm with you, Cap, and I was pulling for Trubisky, just the fact that the circumstances he was thrown into, you know, when they moved up to get him number two, considering the two stars uh, that went after him. But I think it was the right move, and it seemed to give the team a lift. So if we get through this year and we go forward and Nick Foles, I don't know, maybe they're a 10 and 16, maybe they're a 9 and 17, and they find a way to get into the playoffs, it seems as though maybe, um, you know, injuries aside, the Trubisky and, uh, the Trubisky era in Chicago looks as though it's probably coming to its end? Yeah, look, if Mitchell Trubisky doesn't get forced back onto the field due to an injury by Nick Foles, uh, I don't see a scenario where Mitch is playing here again unless they decide he's coming back as the backup, and I don't think that would happen. I think what what would happen is if Nick Foles plays well and this team stays hot and gets to the playoffs, Nick would come in as the number one guy. They would draft someone next year and then bring in a veteran guy maybe to be the backup so the young guy doesn't have to play right away. That's what I think happens. And Mitch goes on like Ryan Tannehill and tries to prove his worth somewhere else. Defensively, this team's really good. I I was taking a look at a number that popped to me second in the NFL right now in a third third down conversion rate against they've been really good on third down being able to get off the field this season when you look at this defense though that's where this team is built is there still an area we talked about Danny Trevathan in the past is is that the one spot you still point at and him trying to guard receivers across the middle yeah look he looks older and slower to mm-hmm. me but he's not like 35 years old guy should still be better I thought he was better on Sunday versus the first two games but, yeah, the, the linebacking play has to step it up if it's going to be an elite, elite defense. Uh, Allen Robinson has proved himself to be an elite receiver in the NFL. He's having a terrific year, Cap. Any news on his contract situation? I keep getting told by people up there, we're working on it. It's going to get done. Whether that is going to turn out to be accurate, look, people keep thinking, well, what if he leaves? He can't. If they want him there, they will be able to tag him with the franchise tag. So he's going nowhere. I just hope 
that it doesn't come to that and they can find a way to get the deal done to keep him here long term. Talking with David Kaplan from Chicago, presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cappy, uh, Tariq Cohen lost for the season with an ACL injury. Uh, ugly look there as uh, you saw that leg turn over. Montgomery, the starting back, Tariq Cohen is you know just a situational type of player with the diminutive stature that he has. What can you tell us about Artavis Pierce, who comes up from the practice squad, an undrafted free agent? Yeah, kid out of Utah State. He's got great quickness. So they like his athleticism. He's just raw. Mm-hmm. Now he's being pressed into duty. I said on the air today that let's assume the Bears are five and four, six and three, seven and two by the time the trade deadline rolls around. I think they'll go out then and be in the market to go get themselves a veteran running back. Kind of like what the, um, the Rams did with, uh, who was the kid Oh, C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson. Yeah. Like that type of guy who can augment yeah. what David Montgomery does. Uh, Cap, last thing. Uh, short week. The, uh, uh, they've got uh, Tampa coming into town a week from tomorrow. That's Thursday night football. Tampa Bay uh, at the Bears. So back-to-back home games for the Bears. Have you heard anything, Cap, as far as restrictions being lifted and allowing at least a few fans at Soldier Field? Anything going on there? Nothing. The city of Chicago has said they're not at that point. So they hope at some point this season, but I would be stunned if they released something where guys and gals could get in for that Thursday night game. I don't see any fans there. And then the next home game after that wouldn't be until November 1st against Drew Brees and the Saints. Cap, uh, so go soak your feet. Good to talk to you, Cappy. <laughs> uh, appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Have a great day. You do the same. David Kaplan walked 29 miles for charity yesterday. Uh, good for him for doing that. Um, that's a long walk. That's a long walk. You, you take your walk every day. Yeah, I do. But uh, You get 29 miles in a month? How long is your walk in the morning? Uh, 35, 40 minutes. Okay, so you probably get, what, two, three miles in I there? I have no idea how far I go. I go as fast as I can and for about 35 minutes. Yeah. and then 30 minutes. You just loop it around after yeah. 15 and come back. That's and exactly what I do. Is it the same route every day? Every day. You're incredible. I am. Just, it is absolutely incredible. The same breakfast every day. Same the lunch. The same lunch every day. Yeah. And you do rotate the meals on, on dinner time. Well, I've, I've but had, is it the same every day of every week? Yeah, and I eat it. And I, you know, I drink my first beer at 8.30. 8.30, yep. I have my dinner at 9.45 uh-huh. every day. Same you thing. love structure. Yes, I do. Uh, we continue on. It's 20 minutes after the hour of 11. We are going to talk Big 12 next. Are they out of the playoff? Short of being undefeated, I think so. I don't want to fall There's in the so trap much... of Ohio State yeah, six that's... years ago. Mm-hmm. They looked awful in that Virginia Tech they game. Did. Big 10 as a whole is done. I think Iowa State's going to give Oklahoma a scare this week. They played really well. They did. Campbell's covered all four times. Legit. All four times they've mm-hmm. covered, and now it's going to be the first road game mm-hmm. for Spencer Rattler. There'll be 15,000 15, at Yeah. So there'll be a little noise. Yeah. They'll have the siren ramped up. Uh-huh. That thing will still be bellowing. Can Iowa State come back like they did a year ago? Can they make the big comeback? Is this team equipped to do that? Well, I don't love the receivers like I thought I was going to this year. Need Milton back. You do need him back. And Campbell said yesterday he's day-to-day. But, Campbell, you're not going to get a damn thing out of him. No. He doesn't have to say anything, and he won't. Um, obviously, the run. I was impressed, Trent, by the offensive yeah. line. I didn't notice them, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. 
Sally missed a point after. Can you trust him yeah. still? I mean, um, the defense, the front four, solid. Linebacker play, solid. A couple of guys in the secondary, Kyle and Eisworth, absolutely solid. Can they come back? Brock Purdy. You got to score. To beat Oklahoma, you have to score. Right. You can't beat him 2017. Mm-hmm. Where are you on Purdy? Has he gotten better? No. Has he gotten worse? I don't know if he's no, gotten worse. I don't no. think he's improved. This was a guy that was benched against Drake back his first season as a starter. And I, a guy who was in mock I think drafts we went prior way, to this year. Right, which at the time I told you was laughable. He doesn't have the arm strength I'm to be a first-rounder. I'm, I'm totally He's a nice you. college quarterback, uh-huh. but I think people went way too far with the love mm-hmm. of Brock Purdy. What he is, he's a nice Big 12 quarterback. Yes. But a first-round draft pick, a guy that's going to lead you to heights before, that's too much on this kid. He's not that. Those guys are incredibly rare, and I don't put... Is Brock Purdy better than the highest heights we saw from Seneca Wallace? No. No, he's not. Uh, I mean, his numbers have been great, but he got off to a really good uh, start in his career. But I'm with you. I don't think he's I don't think he's gone worse, but I don't think he's taken the steps forward like yeah. I thought he would take. And maybe that's what well, where and, we are. And him. when you have a guy that is six one at best, mm-hmm. has limitations in arm strength, now there's a certain level that you can get to. And maybe he's already hit that level. There just isn't the upside that you see with some of the other quarterbacks. The guy that has a rocket arm, the guy that is six foot four, the same kind of upside. Perhaps it isn't there with Brock Purdy. We've seen his best, and it's been his best, and it's just stayed there for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Would you? I mean, the number seven and a half. Do you have, do you have an opinion? Uh, I do Wednesday, like Oklahoma. You do, to cover and, and I do know what happened last year. K State beat him. Iowa State came roaring back and had the two point conversion and the awful call in the end zone. Awful non call. You're yeah, right. Non call. Good call uh, in the end zone there. I think Oklahoma bounces back. Do you? Yeah, that offensive line is still really good. They're still. I think they're going to rely more on the running game. What's the total in the game? Have you seen? That was one thing. I, I would lean under. Know. That's one thing, but without seeing the number, kind of blindly looking at it, 62. I, I probably would lean under on that one. I'm on the Oklahoma side at this point, but that's also value. This thing opened at 12 at Circa. 7.5 now. That's a lot of points in between there. Yeah, but one thing we're coming to realize with Circa's line trends is is when because they want to be first. They do. Yep. But they've had to uh, adjust on the fly a right. lot early because and there has to be some low limits when those. I would come think out. so, sure. But uh, they're watching. Look at they they want the pros. Every sports book wants pros action when the number first goes up on mm-hmm. the board because that tells you if you've got a good number right. or if you're completely off. Whatever side the guys that are waiting for the numbers to go up and then run to the counter with their own power rankings, the professional betters, that's what guides your line. And when you put those limits in place and. And you know, for a pro, maybe it is it's certainly four or five grand, something like that. Still, you're going to be able to balance things a whole lot better. But if you take a $25,000 wager mm. and your line's off by four and you're a half points, all week. you're going to get clubbed. Yep. You're all week long, you're playing catch-up. Uh, we will uh, talk to Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. More Big 12 conversation. When we continue on, it's Miller and Condon. We're with you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106- Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. I don't think you've ever played this song. We got questions. Chicago. We got questions. 
Lots of them about the Big 12. Uh, Miller and Condon. I don't know if we'll get to 67 or 68. No, but well done. Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. God, I remember this song. That's a good one. It is a good one. I'm a big Chicago fan. Question 67 and 68. With Peter Cetera, they were unbelievable. Yeah. When he left, it took a little hit, but still. Uh, Matt Poston's. Uh, you got a smile on my face here, TC. Well done. Matt Poston's joined the program as we talk Big 12 and uh, little Dallas Cowboys, etc. He covers them as well uh, for the Maven Sports Illustrated, but HeartlandSports.com uh, for the Big 12 writings, etc. It's a great website. Big 12, if you're a fan of the team in that conference, it should be a appointment destination uh, for you. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Matt Poston's. How are you? Are you there, Matt Poston's? He should be. He should be, but he's... Hey, good. There, oh, there he is. There you are. Uh, Matt, good to talk to you. Um, yes, you know, we saw the Big 12 uh, in their non-con week. It didn't go well for them. Uh, we saw Oklahoma give up a large lead and get beat by K-State. We saw... I have no idea how Texas won, but they did uh, on the ropes against Texas Tech and should have been beaten by a Texas Tech team who got lucky to beat Houston Baptist in a lot of people's minds. Where are you on this conference? Does it does it feel as bad as it looks? I don't know if it feels as bad as it looks. I think it feels more like it's as unprepared as it looks. And, and I think when you consider everything that all of these teams and these schools that are playing have gone through over the past couple of months, I think a little unpreparedness is understandable. Um, what what really what I really took away from last weekend was just how how poorly the defense has played. And I know there's this narrative about how defenses in the Big 12 aren't very good. But, you know, if you look at them year over year, the defenses in the Big 12 have generally been functionally good. The, the, you know, Oklahoma's defense blowing that lead in the last 17 minutes is inexcusable. Texas's defensive play was inexcusable. Texas Tech has been inexcusable on defense for right. two weeks. Yep. The only really good defense in the Big 12 right now statistically is Baylor. And they played one team, and it was Kansas. So I don't think you can take anything away from that. So if I'm looking at the next few weeks and looking at how this race shapes up, whoever gets their defense shaped up enough to handle the rigors of this conference for the next month might end up being one of the teams that gets to uh, Arlington to the championship game. Undefeated, they're in. They're fine if they're undefeated, Oklahoma State, Texas. They're going to get into the college football playoff, but there's a whole lot more that goes into it. I want to get into Oklahoma, though, and an Oklahoma program that has been good enough to get to the playoff, but that's been it. Defensive issues have continued to crop up. This is a program that recruits at a national level. This is a program that wins conference titles and games year after year after year, but they can't get over that final hump, it feels like. What can be done? They, they brought in new defensive coordinators. They've brought in new kind of players. They've changed systems. What can be done to take that final step if you are Oklahoma? Mm, score 70 points again. <laughs> That's what it takes. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like at this point. I mean, I just, I couldn't really, obviously Kansas State made some really good adjustments in the second half of that game yeah. on Saturday. But those adjustments shouldn't have been enough for them to come back from 24 points down in the final 17 minutes against even an average Big 12 defense. And that's kind of what Oklahoma looked like in the second half of that game. They looked like an average Big 12 defense, where they're usually an above-average Big 12 defense, and that's usually enough to help them win 10 or 11 games. So if you're thinking about getting them to the next level, 
if you're thinking about you know them being in the college football playoff this year, first of all, they have to get through the next two weeks because they have Iowa State on the road, mm-hmm. then they have Texas at the Cotton Bowl. If they lose either one of those games, you can forget about the college football playoff this year. But you know, secondly, it's the same narrative as it usually is. If the defense has to make more plays at critical times, creating turnovers, uh, they were terrible in the turnover game on Saturday against Kansas State. Uh, some of that's on their quarterback, but I think he'll grow into that very nicely. But they've got to start making better plays, more consistently, more game-changing plays, and just stop giving up the big plays on you know, basic formations where the offense is able to run through them for 10 or 15 yards. Uh, you're, you're based in the, in the state of Texas. Um, what's kind of the pulse of, of Longhorn fans here today? That they escape, but they can't feel very good, I wouldn't think, about their football team. Maybe I'm completely wrong that they do feel, yeah, we scored a lot of points, we had a great comeback, uh, in Tom Herman, we trust, dot, dot, dot. Where, where are Longhorn fans with their team after what they saw last week against, I don't think, a very good Texas Tech team? Yeah, I think they know they escaped. Uh, I think they know escape, they escaped by the skin of their teeth. But I think they also like the position they're in right now because they get TCU on Saturday. TCU, you know, had some troubles on defense against Iowa State on Saturday. After that, they get Oklahoma, then they get a bye week. If they can get out of that stretch with a 2-0 record, they'll be undefeated going into their bye week. When they come off their bye week and play Baylor, the schedule is set up for them in a way in which they can kind of build up and get you know, get their, their defense back into shape. Remember, they got a new defensive coordinator, so they're working through some things, uh, running the same four-two-five defense that uh, Gary Patterson's run for years. Uh, but they have a they have an opportunity these next few weeks if they can you know win these next two games and get to their bye and stay healthy. You know, they can get into mid-October, November, start gathering steam, and maybe they're the team that we end up talking about as perhaps the Big Twelve representative in the college football playoff. I think they feel. Good. I think Longhorn fans feel good about their position, but they know they escaped. They had no. They know they had no right to win that game on Saturday against Texas Tech. Uh, you know, maybe I'm going to catch you off guard on this one, uh, but during the pandemic, I watched a show called Outcry on Showtime, which was a really good watch. It was about a high school football player by the name of Greg Kelly in the state of Texas. It looked like he was going to have opportunities to play football um, at a lot of places, charged with rape. Uh, it was complete cover-up. Uh, he got off, and he walked on to Herman's program is where I'm going. Do, do you know, if, is, is he part of the team? Do you know the story I'm referring to, first of all? I I do know the story you're referring to, but he's actually in the transfer portal. Oh, is he? Uh, that, okay, he, he did he did walk on with the Longhorns, but he's in the transfer portal now. Gotcha. Okay. October is here, Matt Postens. It's Oklahoma Iowa <laughs> State. Not a great start for Iowa State. And of course, in Week One, they bounce back, get the road victory against TCU. We flip the calendar tomorrow. How much of a shot do you give Iowa State to pull the upset against Oklahoma name Saturday? Yeah, I give them a good shot, honestly. You know, if you look at the things that Kansas State did uh, to Oklahoma, especially their defense last Saturday, you know, there's some things there that I think Iowa State can really exploit offensively. Uh, I think the trick for the Cyclones is they're going to have to be consistent uh, defensively. Um, and and you know, I felt they played pretty well against uh, TCU on the defensive side of the, of the ball. Um, I know Spencer Rattler made some mistakes for Oklahoma, but he showed that he was he, he could bounce back from those mistakes every time he made them in that game against Kansas State. I think Oklahoma is going to make some more adjustments in terms of putting Rattler on the run more 
to throw the football because that seems to be his best uh, asset right now as opposed to throwing from the pocket. So, you know, Iowa State's defense is going to have to be on alert for Rattler on the run, throwing the football. And, you know, don't forget, they've got plenty of weapons at Oklahoma on the offensive side of the football. So I think for Iowa State, they've got to, they've got to play well on both sides of the ball. They've got to be really sharp offensively, win the time of possession game, limit their turnovers, and score as many times as you can when you have the football. They don't need to leave empty possessions on the field. Hmm. You know, you mentioned Baylor earlier. I, I tried to watch some of that game on ESPU on Saturday night. Uh, Baylor was dressed like the uh, Edmonton Eskimos um, <laughs> of the Canadian Football League. It's good to see Charlie Brewer back on the field. Uh, Kansas quarterback Daniels isn't bad. I like their running back Gardner as much as I like Puka Williams. They're kind of the same guy, uh, but they're both talented. So those two schools, we saw Kansas get blown out. It looks like they're headed for another potential winless year, although they found a way to win a couple of games last year. So let's, I guess, focus on Baylor. What did you see in that Baylor win out of uh, out of this team? First game, you know, in the uh, in the new era as Matt Rule now in the NFL. What did you see out of Baylor last year's surprise? Will they be a surprise this year potentially, Matt? Uh, potentially, I think you come out of that first game and you feel good about the fact that you're healthy. You feel good about the fact that you did well on third down. You feel good about the fact that Tristan Ebner had such a great game, 277 all-purpose yards. Uh, nobody got hurt. Uh, it's, you know, the defense played well. They limited Kansas, I think, to like 325, 330 total yards. So, I mean, overall, they played well. But they also played well against a team that had lost to Coastal Carolina two weeks before right. that. So, you know, for me, this weekend is much bigger because they're going to West Virginia. They're playing against a team they have not beaten in Morgantown in four tries. The last time they played two years ago, I was there, and they got blown out 58-14. Uh, this game is really big in terms of us seeing where Baylor's at. Because if Baylor wins this game, then I feel like they're probably a, a top-five team in the conference because West Virginia, even though they lost their opener against Oklahoma State, they're a good football team. They're talented. They've got good players on both sides of the football. But if Baylor loses that game, to me, they're just going to be a middle-of-the-pack team, and they're not really going to challenge for anybody this year. And that's not really the fault of anybody uh, you know, on Dave Aranda's staff. It's just you know they lost a lot of players from last year's team. They've got a lot of guys who went to the NFL, a lot of guys who graduated. They've still got good, consistent running backs. They've still got Brewer. They've still got uh, two solid wide receivers, but they had a lot of turnover on the interior of their offensive line and their defensive line. And those are areas that aren't easy to fill early in the season. Kansas State pulls the upset last week. They've done it for the second straight year. You look at the job that Kleiman has done taking over for a legend. We've seen Kansas State be, at least in the conversation in the past, to to play for a national championship, the upset against A&M 20 years ago, on and on and on. What are the heights that realistically Kleiman can take this program to? Competing for a conference title, two out of every, say, seven, eight years, something like that, where he can get this program, do you think, even higher than that? Now, this is a guy who's used to winning national championships mm-hmm. in North Dakota State. So uh, I think his goal is to have Kansas State in the mix every single year. Uh, I think how you do that is, A, you've got to own the state of Kansas from a recruiting standpoint, and, and he's definitely continued to keep that program on top of Kansas and, and some of the schools in the surrounding area. You can see him already starting to dip into the recruiting grounds up in, in North Dakota and South Dakota where his 
uh, North Dakota State Bison were so good at keeping those players at home. Yep. Uh, he has good relationships with those coaches there, so he can bring some of those you know, three-star guys who would gravitate toward North Dakota State down to Kansas State. Uh, I think most importantly, if they want to be a consistent Big 12 uh, you know, contender every single year, they've got to keep bringing in the right quarterback. Skylar Thompson's really grown into a really good quarterback for their system. They're going to have to keep recruiting guys that can run the system that Chris Kleeman wants to run, uh, that can put guys in good positions to make plays, and really keep the offensive moving. When you think about Kansas State as a national contender, you think of Michael Bishop, you think of Colin Klein, you think of the great quarterbacks they had there. The system they run is really driven by having a great quarterback behind center. That's the position I think they have to focus on if they want to be a contender year in and year out. Interesting. Last thing for you, Matt. Uh, also, you wear a lot of hats during the football season. You cover the Cowboys uh, for uh, Sports Illustrated, the Cowboys Maven. Uh, the, the good news is is they're in the NFC East, and someone is going to win that division. And I believe it's going to be the Cowboys when it's all said and done. But the biggest defensively, I guess, would be the biggest question marks for this team right now, or where are the Cowboys after the start that they've had? They've got secondary issues and they've got offensive line issues. They're, they're better equipped to handle the offensive line issues. Uh, they made some adjustments on Sunday when a couple of guys got hurt. They moved uh, the Wisconsin uh, draft pick, Tyler Biedas, uh, into the inside first center and then at guard. They split Zach Martin outside to right tackle when their other right tackle went down. He played well there. I think the Cowboys are going to have to make some adjustments to their offensive line to accommodate for some of the injuries they've had, but they're better equipped to do that there from a depth standpoint. Their secondary is in bad shape. Chebe Owuze is out for a few weeks. Uh, the rookie, Trevon Diggs, is playing well at times, but he's also playing like a rookie. Even though he's an Alabama player, he's still a rookie in the NFL, uh, and he's going to get burned at times. Uh, they've got safety issues. They don't seem interested in Earl Thomas. Uh, they seem very interested in just you know taking what they have right now on their roster and seeing what they, they can make do with it. And you know, Alden Smith can get to the quarterback as much as he wants to. He's getting to the quarterback quite a bit. But if they're not playing good defense on the back line, that doesn't make a whole lot of difference. That's the biggest issue right now. That's what's going to keep them from winning the division. If they don't address or get healthy at the secondary position, that's what's going to keep them out of the postseason. Good stuff, Matt Postens. Thank you for uh, joining us here today. We appreciate it. Heartland College Sports uh, and, of course, the Maven Sports Illustrated. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, good to talk to you, Matt Postons. Uh, we do a little bit more football. Baseball-wise, it's a tie game. Braves and the Reds. Mm-hmm. Reds had a threat early in the game. Yeah, had runners at second and third. Nobody out. Jeez. Can't push across the run, as we learned yesterday. Yeah, you got to be able to do that. Um, Trevor Bauer walked off the mound the, after the second inning. Uh-huh. Doing the the Mayweather walk. No, no, that's not Mayweather. That's, that's, not that's him? Uh, the the Irish guy. Oh, look, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look, uh, you're right. Look at Conor us McGregor. flaunting our yeah. UFC knowledge. The Conor McGregor walk. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, he's a cocky. Yeah. Uh, he's really good, though, man. He's really good. He's going to win Cy Young. Oh, <laughs> Bauer. I thought you were talking about McGregor. Oh, no, 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 no. Mel, I don't think McGregor's going to get a vote in Cy Young, Trent. He shouldn't. Probably not. We'll come back, finish things up. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And 1-0. He can build it. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. 
Final segment here of the program, Centurion Stone of Iowa. They sponsored Cappy. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa, if you're in the market for manufactured natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project, any uh, size, uh, the Centurion Stone folks have over 200 color patterns, combinations. Centurion Stone of Iowa is the website. The showroom is 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Justin Luce, Joe Farron, thank you for sponsoring the Cap Man who joined us early in the program. Podcast will be up after the program. 15 minutes away from the twin season getting ended. Well, the beginning of the end. Is, I don't know, Trent. I'm not, I'm not going to go down there. I'm just being a sad sack today. I think you are. You know, I am. Um, am I one of the most pessimistic fans that you know? Yes. Uh, you and my son. He's, he's the same way. Well, he's a Minnesota sports fan. Well, it's understandable, right? right? We just talked about this yesterday before the playoffs. 1991, last time they've even had a team get to mm-hmm. the championship series and any of the professional sports, the four professional sports that they have up there. And I had optimism yesterday. And I had a couple of my twins friends that have been texting We've me got listening two early on. championships in your lifetime. Yeah, man. and I remember them too. Mm-hmm. It, I was 7 and 11. They were good times. But I, I don't know what I would do. As a sports fan. The Bears won it when I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I have faint, faint memories of that. I have better memories, certainly, of 91 than 87. But still, a lot of that is kind of wrapped up in more nostalgia, looking back and watching those games again. And, oh, yeah, those kind of things. I want to have it as an adult. Sure, I get it. The Bears made the Super Bowl with sexy Rexy Grossman uh-huh. at the quarterback position, but... I never thought they were ultimately going nope. to win. I never on a rainy day bought that team. The Twins haven't even been on the precipice. The Hawkeyes, they got to a Rose Bowl and were on the cusp of a playoff, but never thought that team was going to win a, mm-hmm. a national championship. Basketball this year, I have no optimism for Iowa basketball. You've seen your team win multiple Super Bowls. Well, I've seen the, my football team. My real passion is, is the Jets. Right. And you have some of that, a lot of that pessimism too. So I, I can see that side of you also it just gets so frustrating you just get so beat the down Winnipeg after Jets, a while by the way not right. the, New not York the New York, yeah you don't have two NFL football teams right. so you're not one of those guys no you're not allowed i just want to i just want to be able to soak it all in and, and be a part of it and go through that and and have that ultimate mm-hmm. and i don't know if it'll happen well the, you know what's the remi- teams that i root for are just bad organization i shouldn't say that. the twins are not a bad organization no the Bears are a bad organization. You know what team of your teams is, is closer to the championship? I'm not saying they're going to win. Iowa but, basketball? Yes. <laughs> they can't play defense. They're not winning a national title with but that But they're, they're closer. My nah, they, they can't win six straight with that defense. Bears closer to the championship or the Hawkeyes in basketball? Bears. You really think yeah, so? Yeah, because... they got the Packers in their, in their own division. Sure. But it's the NFL. I mean, we see how quickly things can turn. They have a good I'm defense already. I'm a little already. higher on the Hawk Hoopsters than you are. But winning a national championship, not getting to a it's Final gonna Four. Ask, it's asking a lot. I get it. I'm not saying they're going to win. I said they're close. Did you hear what Ken Miller said on the radio today? He said I was winning a national championship uh, in basketball. I knew he was a Hawk. I knew he was a Every hawk. time. Every single time. All right. That's, uh, that's uh, for the most part, going to wrap things up today. Crazy day of baseball. Cubs at oh, one. It's going to be Twins great. coming up in five minutes. Reds and Braves are underway. Uh, baseball throughout the night. Yankees, Indians, and six in the uh, nightcap will be the Dodgers and the Brew Crew. And the game, one of the NBA Finals tonight, too. Yeah, we should probably do something on that. <laughs> we had Zubin. We Sean, talked NBA well, with him. Sean Devaney, he's pretty good from four. He is, yes. 
Uh, do you have an opinion tonight? Are you gonna Are you gonna bet the Heat? I already bet the Heat both in six and seven to win plus six seventy five and nine to one. Let's go Heat! Get game one. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We've got uh, Murphy and Annie next local programming at two fanatics at four Hawk Central tonight uh, at six o'clock tomorrow morning. Morning rush. Miller and Condon fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three.